I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 184 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we help kick off your show with episode one tips. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we discuss how Apple made a very bad day for some podcast services, apps, and directories. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we highlight your many discussions with us, including another deal watch. Lauren, start the show now. SP likes to wheel and deal with me. Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode 184 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and I'm pleased to say that SP is here again this week. Hey, SP. Hey, Stephen. It's good to be back here. Got the tail end of the cold going. Perhaps some allergies mixed in there. And it's just been a heck of a week since we last spoke. And I'm just grateful to be back in the studio, giving out some great knowledge for podcasting. Steven, you ready for today's show? I'm always ready for today's show. Well, that's good because we're going to start it off right now. We're going to talk about a how I could have saved my podcast story. This is the segment of the show where we talk about things that either of us have had happen to us or our listeners chime in with their wonderful stories about their how I saved my podcast story. In case we don't have one of those, we go out into the interwebs. We find something that qualifies, and that's what happened this week. We actually have a Reddit post by My Throwaway Silly. And I think My Throwaway Silly is like a throwaway Reddit uh, ID, but I, I don't know. Anyway, The post title was, am I better off starting a new podcast or just reinventing the one I already started? The post goes as follows, quote, first off, we, well, actually now only I, have six episodes up. Throughout the first six episodes, I kept telling our audience that I wasn't exactly sure what this podcast was about, that we were still finding our voice. I'm not really worried about reinventing the content, but I do want to remove the first six episodes and just start all over fresh. The reason being that the three people that were so eagerly excited to build this podcast with me decided to ghost me all day yesterday, which was our recording day. They have also put absolutely no effort in promoting us. And if I'm already doing it all myself, well, might as well make it all about me. What do you guys suggest I do? Steven, it's all about you on this podcast. So what would you do in this case? All right, here's the bottom line, what I would do with this. Six episodes in, you've had them ghost you. Unless you've got like tons of listeners, dump it. And I'm going to say dump it. I know you've got to probably have a domain. You've probably got hosting. You've probably got a whole bunch of things. Uh, I would start a new show. Make an announcement on there that you started a new show and you can find elsewhere because you want to, if you're thinking about getting rid of all six episodes from your feed anyways, my opinion, just play it safe and get rid of the legal baggage or any other possible baggage that could come by your affiliation with these people. You never know what's going to come up. I would totally start a brand new show and uh, dump the six and and just go brand, brand new. Again, leave a little breadcrumb in there. Maybe you keep your fee, your current feed active for a few months and you just put a, hey, look, I started a new show by myself. Come find me here sort of thing. But I would absolutely say dump it, dump it now. I had uh, written out a few things, but basically it's what Steven said. So the first thing, of course, is you probably didn't have an agreement ahead of time of what you're doing before the show started, probably because you didn't have a topic. So I would definitely have, if I'm going to podcast with somebody else, 
I would definitely have an agreement in writing somewhere. It doesn't have to be like a formal legal document, but at least something that's written down that differentiates who's responsible for what, especially if the show gets big, quote unquote. I know there's a lot of comedy podcasts, some audio dramas that might actually get a lot of money in from the hobbyist perspective that start off as hobby shows. So you want to protect yourself ahead of time just to make sure that ownership is actually cemented and even ownership from the co-host part as well. And in that agreement, I would put expectations on workload and what would get somebody uh, thrown out of the show, basically. I mean, if you don't show up to record, well, that's an issue. And unfortunately, since it, he just described in the post one instance of being ghosted, I'm not sure that one instance qualifies. I mean, everything could happen with life, right? You could have an emergency or you could just be hung over. I mean, whatever it is, I would think about actually extending the courtesy uh, another time or two. However, he said that nobody was doing anything to promote it or anything like that. So, yep, have a topic before you start, have an agreement and work on how many chances that you want to give everybody else. And then, like what Steven said, with only six episodes in, you probably don't have a lot of following. So it's no big deal to start a new show, but leave an episode in your old feed saying what has happened and what your what your new feed is and what your new podcast is basically and that removes any legal garbage of any of the other three wanting ownership of your new show that you are going to put so hard of work in i want to go ahead and highlight right now that i i do think it's important that you go with your gut on this you said that there's three people who ghosted you and that's a lot of people to have happened to have the world the world just you know go to blank in a handbag on them on the same day, right? So I think that if you're feeling that you were being ghosted and they all ghosted you the same day and you felt they weren't giving you what you needed, you should definitely trust your gut. I think that's a very important thing because I've been in situations where I've had people who have been stragglers and not wanting to participate on various shows over the years. And, and honestly, it gets old. It gets old very, very quick. And sometimes it becomes a little bit of a relief when they move on eventually. And it's just something off of there. And if you're feeling this six, six episodes in, like that's not many at all. I, I, again, think that it's important that you trust your gut on this. You want to be having fun. And unfortunately, sometimes that means moving the project in a different direction or a whole new project altogether. Uh, again, I've experienced this sort of thing before and uh, I'm, I'm, pretty confident in saying that you your gut is probably right on this well a little spoilers here he actually posted in the comments down below on the post and basically said thanks guys i got it because other people said move on too and he moved on he started episode one and the, he is ready to roll and it by the way it's like a poetry in motion podcast so it's an interesting listen if you're interested in the beat of poetry well, let's go ahead, though, SP, and get spooky with our featured topic. Oh, that's not the type of ghosting you were talking about? Oh. Uh, no, are oh. you not familiar with the ghosting that the Millies do these days? I, I thought that we were, we were dressing up as ghosts. I thought this was a Halloween discussion. I'm confused. All right, continuing our arc here from last week, we're going to resolve it this week. Last week, we spoke all about episode zeros, which right away, let me start and say thanks, everybody, for giving us feedback over this past week. We got a lot of real positive feedback right from the moment we recorded live through to the moment we're recording now. So thanks, everybody, for chiming in. It's always great to see what you like. And last week during that episode, we discussed a little bit about what episode zeros were what made them effective, things you might want to include in episode zeros, and things, of course, to exclude. Well, how we're going to continue on this arc today is by talking about the next episode that you might have in your feed after episode zero, which is episode one. You know, onesies, uno numero, firsties, you know, the leader of the pack, all these other things that SP weirdly put in the document. Well, we're talking about all of these different ways to describe your virgin episode, episode one. And so we are going to cover things that's going to help you put your best foot forward with your episode one. Things really that balance with that episode zero. And of course, some things you might want to consider 
if you're going to omit the episode zero and things that we talked about last week that you might still want to touch on if you're skipping episode zero and put that into your episode one. SP, kick us off here. First, it's really important when you're brainstorming your episode one that you do just that. You brainstorm what you want in your episode one, and you should write it out as you're preparing for your show. The reason this is important is because it's really easy to get lost and omit some of the things you'd plan to put in the show if you don't have them right in front of you. You also might not be used to speaking on a microphone and your concentration might be divided while you're recording and that will further lead to you further forgetting stuff. Now, episode one, ultimately, though, is your time to put your best foot forward and you might be a little bit nervous about starting that show in general or forget something and now you might not be accomplishing what you wanted to accomplish. I'll give you an example. You do a big presentation at work or at school. You think you're all prepared and at the end of the presentation, they say, thank you very much. You sit down in class or the meeting move on, moves on and you're like, man, I really wish I would have said X, Y, and Z and you didn't. So this is your chance to have it right in front of you written down. So we definitely suggest if you're going to do a show, make sure you write down the topics that you are going to be talking about. Have them written down on paper or on the screen right in front of you so you do not forget the great content that you want to get out. So we're going to talk about some specifics with episode one in a bit, but when you are brainstorming, what you first want to talk about, it's important to remember that this is going to be one of your highest downloaded episodes when people are exploring your back catalog. This could happen years later. This is because often listeners who find you know and want to explore your back catalog, but don't really care about your episode zero if you happen to have one. Uh, maybe they already know you and they want to know your show's history. So where do they start? Episode one, again, not episode zero. And again, maybe you don't have an episode zero. Some of those listeners will actually fade listening to your back catalog because your show has evolved over time. So they'll listen to episode one, maybe two, maybe three. But since your show is so different in the future, episode one sticks out to them a lot more. And then they just don't listen until they catch back up to where they first caught you. And who knows where that is? Episode 25, episode 50, episode 100, something like that. So you may not get all of your back catalog. That's why it's important to put your best foot forward with episode one. So what exactly do you want to be your first impression of the show? And what are you comfortable with? having listened to by many years later, you know, listeners are going to get this episode years later. So you have to be comfortable what you say in episode one, if you keep it up for people to listen to later, which you should, and your listeners, your future listeners want to explore your show. But Steven, there's also other considerations with episode one. Yes. Think of it from a sort of launching your podcast perspective. Because this is going to be your first episode when you launch your podcast, it's going to be your first impression, really, that you're giving your listeners. Although you might have that episode zero we talked about last week, it's important to remember that some listeners may skip over that and just go right to episode one because they see the number zero and they go, eh, I don't need to know about that. I just I, I know Stephen. I want to check out his show for the first time. So I'll listen to episode one. So because of this, it's OK to have a little bit of overlap with your episode zero. Just remember that you don't want to go too in depth to the things that you talked about in episode zero. For example, if you're going to somehow fit in talking about your history that makes this topic of your show relevant to you, you might go a little further in depth with that on episode zero, but pull back the reins a bit on episode one. But again, remember, don't bank on episode zero. And especially because this episode zero could evolve over time, it's kind of good to touch on some of these key points within your episode one. Essentially, give an abbreviated version of some of the things you talked about in episode zero, just because of the fact that some people will skip over that episode zero, or they may end up potentially, you might have that episode zero change with you with time. Ultimately, episode one needs to be more content focused, whereas episode zero is more of a bit of a chatter about the concept of your show and yourself. In an audio drama, you probably don't even want to introduce yourself in episode one because people are going to see that episode one and they're going to see that as the first part of your story, so to speak. So with an episode one of an audio drama, you're probably not even going to have any of those introductions 
or formalities and things like that, because you're going to get right to the meat of your content with an audio drama. Listeners are ultimately tuning in to hear that audio drama with episode one, which is kind of where episode zero becomes even more important for an audio drama. Speaking of audio dramas, for shows like storytelling podcasts, you probably should consider episode one as your first episode of the story. Now, this is because listeners are coming to hear your story of your podcast, not hear you gab about yourself. So concentrate on that story. Now, in either case, you need to specifically plan to have an episode one and entice listeners to want to keep going and hear more of your show. Remember, you're fighting to get them to subscribe to your show over all the other shows. And the recently I've heard anywhere between 650, 700 new podcasts every day that go into the catalog that is roughly about 700,000 catalog shows in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it. We'll talk more about that later in this show. Because you're demonstrating your show for the first time, you need to have it planned out and, and you need to have an idea of what your usual format will be so you can actually demonstrate it in the episode one. Again, you're walking the walk of your show at this point in time. You've started and what people hear in episode one, they're going to want to expect in future episodes. So have your bumpers and stingers ready. Have your intros and outros and that professional voice work or a friend that's doing voice work or whatever, have that ready, or at least in a format that's similar to what you want in the future. You should also have an idea of how you plan to deliver content within the episode. The idea is that you're preparing enough for your episode one that it is a stable and it's a demonstration of the long-term vision of the show. You want to make sure that you planned your content and prepared to showcase your talents. And it's, it's just very important to put your best foot forward this is your first impression to your audience. Now, you don't want to come off as incompetent and who's just somebody that's flying by the seat of your pants. Uh, we actually suggest having your research complete and ready to reference while you're recording. But you should also make sure to be conversational as well. You don't want to seem too rigid or scripted. I know there's those podcasts out there, but personally, I don't really care for them. And I think the majority of people don't really care for ultimately scripted, but like, Podcasts that are literally reading a textbook on something like I've seen medical power. I've heard medical podcasts that are literally reading a medical textbook. And that might be good for some people that are trying to make it through their medical boards. But for most people, it's not going to really work. So make sure you're not too rigid and you're more conversational and it doesn't seem like you're reading off a script. There's definitely a balance between the two. You want to make sure you refer back to the information, but you also want to make sure you're actually conversational. Stephen, we also in the past have talked about doing test episodes. Yeah, test episodes can be really good for yourself before you get to this episode one for all of the reasons that we've mentioned being your first impression to your listeners. This is where you're going to go and create an episode that's never going to see the light of day. Maybe some special later that you'll give to your Patreon subscribers. Who knows? But this is where you're going to go and test out what it's like to produce an episode. So you'll produce an episode from beginning to end with the intention of not actually publishing it. You're going to practice to see what works and what doesn't work. And this will help you ultimately make that episode one launch with higher quality because you've tested it. You've gotten some of those sillies out of your system and you're just a little bit more comfortable with the process, don't wait too long to be able to sort of get your episode one out there. You don't want to get stuck in sort of this test cycle where you're constantly doing, ah, I did this test. No, I don't like that. Let me try again. Oh, let me, let me try again. Let me do another one where you, and, and now you're just no longer releasing that episode one. It's important that you keep that in mind. You should still put pressure on yourself to get, over those test episodes and get your episode one out as quick as possible. And when you are doing that, don't wait too long either to actually release those episodes because you don't want to have a big back catalog. This is our recommendation. Don't have a big back catalog where ultimately you publish those people make a good suggestion. And now you have to wait weeks and weeks and weeks to incorporate those suggestions because you have such a large back catalog. While we're talking about this, this would be a real good opportunity, a timely opportunity for us to remind you that there are benefits 
of keeping the idea in mind and the concept in mind that episode one doesn't need to be your best show. Although you've done those test episodes, you don't want to end up just trying to make episode one perfect because no matter how much you try, episode one is still going to be one of your worst episodes. We've talked about it before. SP and I were podcasting long before we started this show. When we look back on our early episodes, we're cringing a little bit because we are getting to know each other a little bit better doing this show. So just have that in mind that episode one doesn't need to be your best show ever. As for the content within episode one, wisely choose what you plan to talk about. Now, the content you choose to cover doesn't have to be the most discussed issue of your show's topic, but the content that you choose to cover in episode one has to be engaging. Now, you could outline your topic in general of your podcast and mention you will cover some of the issues that you're talking about more in the future, as long as the outline itself is engaging to the listener and it intrigues them to want to listen more. You could also choose an issue for a starting point to your show's topic, as long as it is interesting and engaging. There it is again, interesting and engaging. So an issue is just a topic that's part of your larger show topic. Your show has a topic, the things that you talk about, the content that you talk about during an episode, we'll just call it an issue. So that's what I'm differentiating here. So you want to choose an issue or a singular item of discussion for your podcast that is interesting and is going to grab your audience's attention. Now, I'll put this in a school class analogy. Just don't read the syllabus. You know, you want to make it fun and engaging. Go for head of the class or maybe Robin Williams and Dead Poets Society, where they were really interesting as they were actually teaching or reading this, going over the class number one, what they're going to discuss in the semester. You want to have your audience be interested, but if your audience is not just interested or maybe just mildly interested, you might have a difficult time bringing them back to subscribe or listen to the next episode that you have. I'll give you a good example of an episode one. I recently listened to an episode one of a topic I had absolutely zero interest in listening to a podcast. I might have some mild interest in the topic, but I had no interest in listening to a podcast on it. So I was asked to listen to it and give feedback, and I did. The way the content was presented, the way that host talked, I was just awed by the way he presented himself behind a microphone and his topic. If I didn't have so many podcasts to listen to already that I want to listen to, I might have actually subscribed to this podcast just because of the way the material was presented. And the episode definitely interested me in listening to more of his shows. This was not the only podcast he had, so it could be a gateway into other podcasts as well. Remember SP's golden rule of hobby podcasting, or one of them anyway, is don't do more than two shows. So this particular host, I believe, has three shows now. So that's going a little bit over. But anyway, he was doing okay. The host was telling me a story about his topic in episode one and how he became interested in it. It felt like he was speaking right to me. Uh, The host was telling me he wasn't an expert and that he would be discovering the topic along the way. So therefore, it was going to be what we call a journey podcast, where you follow the host along a journey to learn more about a topic. The host was telling me about his initial likes and dislikes. He was setting the baseline for where he was. The the host had his format down. He had the intro and outro he was going to be using and how often he wanted to record based on the fact that he knew how long an episode was going to take him, given his schedule and experience in recording. The host in the podcast welcomed me to experience the journey with him at the end of the show. And just laid the welcome mat out me for me to continue to listen to the show. Now, the host, as I mentioned before, did ask me to review his show. I gave him a few technical pointers. I mean, you're talking about volume and length of music and the intro and outro and stuff like that. But the content, he nailed it. So this is the type of episode you want to have for an episode one. If you can actually make it, make it intriguing to the listener. It's okay to have some technical glitches along the way, but as long as it's listenable, as long as it's in the same format, and as long as you're actually inviting the listener to listen to more of the content, that's what you want in an episode one. By the way, the theme of that was a bachelor 
podcast and SP is saying that he wasn't actually interested because lawyers have told him to say that he wasn't interested so that when he launches his Bachelor podcast later, then there's no legal problems there. That's not the topic at all. If somebody's interested <laughs> in listening to this episode, it's not for everybody. I mean, the, the contents is about smoking cigars. But if somebody's interested, let me know, and I will gladly link you to the episode one, because for a first episode, it is still one of my favorite first episodes that I listened to. By the way, we were talking about feedback before. If you want to include feedback in the future in the show, it would be a great call to action at the end of episode one. Here's a few tips, though, on feedback, especially for an episode one. Don't expect any feedback for a few episodes. So I wouldn't leave episode one with the expectations that you're going to talk about feedback in the next episode, like episode two. And odds are, even if you do have that teaser or trailer or episode zero, you won't have feedback for episode one, but you should be ready to accept it. The good and the bad, by the way, you will get some bad feed or odds are you might get some bad feedback. I don't know. It depends. Now, this would work even for an audio drama, as we discussed before to leave that call for action at the end, have it in your outro, you know, where can they go find you? Do they have an available discord server or discord channel where they can go and actually chat with you? Is there a voicemail line that they could actually leave a voicemail on how they feel about the story? You know, your social media accounts, however many you want. If you want a Twitter account, Facebook account, Instagram account, Snapchat account, you know, whatever you want in terms of social media, I recommend two or three but make sure that you list those as the end as well, because you're going to have people eventually that are going to want to come back. Think of all the audiobooks that you've listened to. Steven, you've listened to a few audiobooks in your life, right? Yes, I have. And odds are they were recorded like years before, right? Absolutely. So if you wanted to leave feedback for that audiobook, then it would take years for that feedback to come in. So expect that sort of thing. We still get feedback on our first episodes, largely because we point people to those first episodes because we created those for the initial podcaster, but we still get feedback on those episodes as well. So make sure that call to action is there. Understand that you probably won't get feedback right away, but eventually you'll get it and just be open to discussing it in the future. So what considerations might you have for your episode one if you're not going to put an episode zero in your feed? Because sometimes you don't do that. Well, number one, if you're not going to do an episode zero, make sure to take some of the elements that we spoke about in episode zero and incorporate them in a very condensed manner. You still want to be warming up your crowd like episode zero kind of does, but you also make sure need to make sure that you're balancing that with an actual demonstration of what your show is going to be like. A great way to kind of do this is to allocate a little bit of time at the beginning of your episode one to do a brief introduction about yourself, your show vision, etc. Sometimes people will do this actually as a cold opening. So if they know that I'm going to start off every episode with this intro, they actually come in cold. And before they do that, they go, hey, I'm Steven. I'm starting a brand new podcast. And during this show, I'm going to talk about all of the ways that Stargate Pioneer's hair is fantastic. And I, I kind of talk a little bit about the concept of that show before I end up actually playing that intro. And then after the intro is essentially now the demonstration of what exactly is going to be the ongoing concept of my show. Or you might do it a little different. You might just kind of work that in towards the beginning. Really, the format is up to you, but you still want to go ahead and explain a little bit about what the concept of that show is going to be if you're going to skip that episode zero. It's really important that people know what they're getting into. And if you don't have that episode zero, it's good to work that in early on. But don't feel that you have to work some of these episode zero elements in up front. You can actually sprinkle them in or dash them out through all of the different episode one throughout the whole thing, where maybe, for example, let's say that you are wanting to talk a little bit with people about how they can give you that feedback or, you know, your concept for you're going to have a feedback section going forward. You might go and work that in later in the show and you'd say, hey, if you want to talk a little bit about this, please get in touch with me through X, Y and Z. 
And in the future, I'm hoping that right here, I'll be able to actually read out some of that feedback once we get the show rolling. So don't always feel you have to explain all of that up front. You can almost walk the listener through the journey for their first time. That's okay too. Just explain each section as you go through. Ultimately, though, you really do want to handhold your audience and walk through them, walk them through your first episode because you don't want them being confused. You don't want them not being able to follow the concept of your show and just tuning out because you've just gone and thrown a whole bunch of things at them. It can be really helpful to walk them through that for episode one if you're not going to have that introductory episode zero. One of the concepts that we were thinking about when we were thinking about in terms of episode one is something that we've been approached on before is what if I'm having trouble just recording? What if I don't know what to say? What if I turn on the recorder and nothing comes out of my mouth? All right, we're going to take a little aside here. Regardless if you're recording an episode zero, a test episode, your episode one or one in the future, if you are having problems knowing where to start, just say the first word that comes to mind. Basically, we're talking about what all term as podcasters block, you know, even if that's a term or not, it's what I'm going to call it. It can affect you exactly like writer's block does. But in my opinion, it's a little easier to get over. Just say a word, any word, doesn't matter which word it is. You can take it out and post. Just hit record and start talking. You can go back and redo your intro later. You can redo your episode later. But the important part is to press record and start talking. You can do it. You've been talking your entire life. We know you can do it because if we can do it, anybody can. So just start talking and that will help you get over this quote unquote podcasters block and get your episode zero or episode one out. Or if you're in the future recording episode 184, if that same thing happens to you, just say the first thing that comes to mind and that will get you started on your way to recording your episode. All right. Now back to episode one, ultimately, whether you have an episode zero or not, the key with episode one is to make sure that it captures the audience attention. It demonstrates your product, meaning your show, and leaves your listener wanting to hear more. I'm going to put this question out to our listeners right now. If you have a thought about episode one that we did not cover here or a question, please get your comments into us. You can catch us on Twitter at BetterPod. You can email us podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We've had several emails over the last week. Thank you very much. And you can always catch us on our Discord server. That's betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. That's the invite to get into the Discord. And there's a whole bunch of stuff there from the Guinea Geek Podcast Network, including a channel dedicated to better podcasting. And I'll go ahead and take this one further. I would love to hear disaster episode one stories and how you came back from that, which would make a really good how I saved my podcast story. Tell us what went wrong with your episode one and how you recovered, because really episode ones can be very intimidating for people. So please let us know, because hearing those challenges and those roadblocks and people getting over that can be really, really motivating for everybody. That's why we do better podcasting. We love podcasting. We want to talk about it. We want to motivate people. We're just a couple of friendly guys. We'll try to be friendly who want to encourage others. So please, those stories do really help. Welcome to this week's Better Podcasting Download. Before we get to talking a little bit about some Apple news, let's touch on last week's topic. Now that Stargate Pioneers had a chance to investigate Radio.com a little bit more. Yes, last week we talked about Libsyn adding the destination to Radio.com and I gave my thoughts. Now it's time for SP to give his because he didn't have a chance to really look into Radio.com until this week. Turns out Radio.com is owned by Intercom, which also owns CBS. So it's basically CBS Radio. So if it's CBS Radio, it's probably conjoined at some point in time with CBS All Access. So I'm thinking if they really want my content, maybe I can finagle a CBS All Access actual account from them for free so I can watch Star Trek before I give them my podcast. You think that's going to work, Stephen? I think that there's 
probably a bunch of weird licensing things to do with the CBS name and CBS radio and all of these other things. That's probably, probably keeping them far away, far enough apart that you'll never have that happen. Dang. All right. <laughs> anyway, we were wondering what radio.com was last week. That is what radio.com is. I went into the lips and destinations. I actually submitted uh, three shows to radio.com and it was easy peasy. It, the stuff almost automatically populated. It pulled from what was existing in my feed to begin with. I sent it off and they're in radio.com right now. That's Legends of Shield, Starling Tribune. And I did this show too, Better Podcasting. So those are the three shows that I did for radio.com. Now, Stephen, you were going to try to submit, I believe, going to geek to radio.com through their individual submission portal. I don't know if you did that yet or not, but at some time in the future, we'll probably have to talk about that. So that's just the simple update that I have. I actually went in and did it and what it is, what radio.com is. If you have any questions, go ahead and reach out to me. We are the believers that for hobby podcasting, there's very few instances where you don't want your show to be distributed to a new app or hub. So you probably want your show to be in as many places as possible. And if you have this opportunity through Libsyn or through the portal, go ahead and take it because it's just another place where people can discover your show. Yeah, um, I think for me personally with Radio.com, I think that um, there's probably going to be more pros than cons. It's not like one of those ones where you go to it right away and they're slapping ads on your service. Like as a hobbyist, I, I don't really want to be producing something for free where there's going to be an ad that is is going to the listener right away. And I don't think they're doing it yet. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here with Radio.com. Well, last week you talked about you not being able to actually hear the content, but they serve the ad to you first. Yeah, but that was that was the radio streams. If I wasn't very clear uh, on that, the podcasts themselves that I previewed did not have have an ad on it. So the radio streams are, are different. Uh, in any case, if you want to check out a wonderful 1995 looking website, head on over to radio.com. Check it out there and see if you want your podcast on that. The website sucks. Uh, my opinion. Sorry, my opinion. The website sucks. Uh, is that is that legally safe? I don't know. I, I think that is. Yeah. <laughs> So we've, we've got another strongly worded rebuttal for Steven coming up here. We're going to talk about WWDC 2019 and the, all the podcasting news that came out in the last couple of days. This is the worldwide developer conference that Apple has every year. In the past few years, this has been pretty sporty for podcasters and Apple has decided to change things along the way. Not necessarily all for the bad. Maybe the way they do it is for the bad. We'll talk about that in a second. The three topics that we know of to this date anyway, is they went ahead and talked about the Mac OS split of iTunes. Windows will retain iTunes full functionality, but Mac OS will split out the music, the TV and the podcasting into three separate apps. And if you want to sync any of your devices, it will be, I believe, through the files app on Mac OS. And that's how that will occur. iTunes on Windows will operate as normal, at least for now. So that's number one. Number two, they talked about transcription search, which means that they are going to be just like Google transcribing your episodes and using the results from that internally, not to you, but internally to direct search results for podcasts. So it's important to get those key terms actually put into your podcast verbally. So that's another plug for actually writing out what you want to talk about. Make sure you talk about your key terms probably in the first five minutes of your show, probably a couple of times to get the algorithm's attention. The other thing which is getting most of the pushback right now is that Apple has decided, and I think this is a good thing, by the way, in its foundation, they have decided to redo their categories. For those of you that don't know what categories are, they are the basically niche or description of where your podcast falls within the iTunes or Apple Podcasts library, say technology, news, sports, that sort of thing. Well, they've decided to completely revamp it. They've kept some, but they've moved a lot around. And that is not necessarily a bad thing. I think this needed to be done a long time ago and probably redone every year. And they, it just hasn't been done. And I don't think it's been done in like 10 years. I don't even remember the last time it was done. Anyway, uh, Stephen, you have something to say about how it was done, though? Yeah, 
Uh, before I get to the category thing, I just want to quickly touch on the transcript thing. Um, I want to say that I don't have faith in Apple's eventual planned use of the transcript thing. The transcript thing is all for search, right? So I am... Apple's not been good at utilizing the data to create a search algorithm. Like they've had a lot of data with podcasts and we've seen the disaster that they've they've had executing on on that. And for them to go and try to take it another level, it'll be interesting to see how that stacks up, stacks up against Google. I have more faith in Google because Google is a beast at this sort of data extraction. Apple, it'll be interesting to see if it just ends up being more confusion with the way that they execute on that data. So I wanted to go ahead and mention that right now. Um, as for the categories thing, I, again, I've mentioned this before. I have issues with the amount of power that Apple has and their ability to be able to just willy nilly make changes. And I, I've had a little bit of pushback from some people over the years of expressing this opinion. And it's not like I'm an Apple hater. You know, I, I maybe play up that card a little bit if you listen to me on the GunnaGeek.com show, but I'll let you in on the, the inside dirt here. I play it up over there because like I, I regularly recommend people stay with iPhones. I got several colleagues that I say don't come to Android. Uh, you're happy with Apple. You're the type of person to stay with that. My wife, I have relatives. I, I say you like it. Stay with it. I'm not actually an Apple hater, but what I don't like is how much power they have with the podcast where they can just go and make these changes and sort of just roll them out there without letting a lot of people know. If you look at the actual Apple podcast email that came out yesterday on June 4th, 2019. Yes, we're recording wait, something. Wait, wait a minute. When was the announcement made? This was made on June 4th, 2019 was when an email came out. Okay. When was the announcement made at WWDC? Wasn't that June 4th, 2019? Okay, so they announced something at WWDC, and then they e sent an email out, email to all podcasters. Mm -hmm. All podcasters. The same day. The same day. And it okay. talked about the new podcast categories that SP just mentioned. And here's what they say, quote, you can make changes to your show's category now, and they'll go live on Apple Podcasts later this summer. Contact your hosting provider for further support in implementing the updated Apple podcast categories within your RSS feed, end quote. That was the wow. direction they gave podcasters. So you go, cool, awesome. So great to hear that they're finally reaching out to the podcast community. They're getting them involved so that they know this is coming down the pipeline. This is coming down the pipeline. Be prepared. Wow. We're going to send people your direction, get that extra support staff ready. You're going to get a lot of emails to which you head over to podnews.net and you read a wonderful article. And, I, and I'll, I'll admit, I don't go to podnews a lot, but I was highlighted this one here. And James did a really good medium blog, which you can find through podnews.net, where he reached out to several podcast hosting providers and they had no clue. And then he oh. also reached out to several app developers who you have podcast apps that pull from the Apple API and they had no clue. So basically oh. Apple went and rolled out this change, told people to contact their hosting provider with very few people or very few mainstream players knowing about it as far as what the research is currently saying. So wait a minute, Steven, you're telling me, that they did not gather up representatives from Lipson and Podbean and God forbid SoundCloud and God forbid Anchor and all the rest of the host providers and say, we're doing this, get your stuff ready. Your hotlines are going to be red hot when we put this announcement out. We're going to put the announcement out at WWDC 2019. And then the same day, we're going to send an email out. So you tell me they hung all those service providers out to dry? Well, that's what is currently looking like i have not confirmed this huh. this is the you know secondhand information this is james hmm. he, he's got some connections and in, in the industry he seems to have made good relationships so I, I tend to believe it the only thing that i can say for sure is that uh todd cochran of blueberry did have some posts out there that that said there was some quote back channel discussions about the unannounced apple podcast category shakeup end quote he ends up saying, quote, 
I love how Apple throws the host under the redacted bus. I am looking at the support tickets at 5.12 a.m. in the morning and podcasters are freaking out as expected, end quote. So that seems to indicate that there is some form of back channel discussion happening behind bet between these providers and that the information that James has is substantiated. I, again, secondhand information, I can't say for sure, but it's just a really good example on how Apple has the ability to be able to make these change and make someone else clean up the mess. And there's a lot of people out there who, who are very quick to defend Apple, and it's ridiculous. This, the, when we defend Apple, we end up being in a situation where we give them more power. And we let them continue to do this thing. Because you know what? If you cleaned up their mess once, they know you'll clean it up again. They'll just keep knocking that plate off the table. Hey, SP is going to clean it up. Why do I got to clean it up? Uh, first of all, I won't clean it up because I'm not one of these <laughs> podcast host providers. And second of all, so this was Todd Cochran from Raw Voice Media, right? This was, yes, yes. This was okay. Todd Cochran of Blueberry, Raw Voice Media, uh, New Media Show, all of those things. So he's talking about back-channel communications. Did anybody else corroborate this? I, I can't say for sure. I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything, but uh, I, I, so I don't know. Uh, okay, so Todd Cochran is letting out that there are back-channel communications, and he's doing so unilaterally. Nobody else is corroborating it? Not that I've seen, but I've been at work all day, so maybe I'm wrong. I don't yeah, know. Okay. Have you heard anything? No, I, I haven't heard anything either. We're recording this basically the day that this has been happening. So I've, I've been at work all day. So I'm just wondering if, if Todd has received the approval of the other people in this back channel communication to let such information out unilaterally. I, I'm I not get, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, why? Okay. I, I mean, if I'm talking to somebody back channel, I'd probably want that stuff to remain quiet but that's just me so i don't know if you're ever in a back channel communication with somebody you want to like leave that back channel uh as steven said i'm lock stop in line with what he's talking about here i'm if you haven't picked that up from the, <laughs> the questions i've been throwing his way i am concerned that apple is just unilaterally making these changes and it wouldn't be too bad because this is wwdc so this is meant for them to tell that we're making these changes in the future, but then to go ahead and send out an email for all these people to go contact their media host providers that same day, not like in the future, contact them. They don't know what's going on right now, but let them get a couple of weeks under their belts or something like that to send that email out today without coordinating with at least a few of the main players. That's irresponsible on Apple's part. And that's in my opinion. But that is irresponsible on Apple's part. And like you said, you, there will probably be all sorts of people that say Apple has done more for podcasting than anybody else in the last 15 years. I can't disprove that because they do get a lot of the downloads through them. But at the same time, make it a little easier on the community <laughs> that's trying to work with you and trying to defend you and your actions just to throw them under the bus like that. That ain't cool, Apple. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I I just hope that we get to a point that Apple can stop doing this because, like, you know, I've I've got issues with some of the way some of the players out there handle support tickets or handle certain things and whatnot. And, and I've not always made that a secret. I've not necessarily kept that a secret, I should say. But I I genuinely feel bad right now for the hosting providers, their support companies that are support agents that are getting these, because I know that many of these big companies in podcasting, the, the big players don't have that many support agents involved and for them to get inundated with these tickets and honestly not have an answer at this point, because you know that they're going to have to evaluate all of the changes and the things that could come from making those category changes because again there's app integration things like that are those apps ready it's going to be frustrating for them to try to handle this keep their customers happy and also get their ducks in a row for when this happens so i, I genuinely feel bad for them right now and uh hopefully it'll work itself out in the end 
and hopefully Apple will be a little bit smarter next time. And who knows, maybe maybe there'll be a couple of players that come out that are our big podcast players and say, hey, we actually did know about this. Who knows? It's, it's true. So if I'm a podcast media host provider, one of the major ones with tens of thousands of shows that I'm providing for, what my plan is for WWDC 2020 is the week before WWDC, I have all my staff complete all their projects. I sit them down and say, we are going to watch this announcement together. And then after the announcement, we're going to immediately start working on whatever changes they say that are going to have to be made so we can have an answer for our customers in a day or two. I think that's going to be the way that they're going to have to do just to save face because, oh my gosh, I can't imagine the amount of avalanche of tickets that were filed with all or calls or emails or whatever were filed with all these podcast media hosting providers. This is ridiculous. So if you want to go ahead and find out more about how to change your category, please email Stargate Pioneer at gunnageek.com. That's the official support ticket for this. Cheers, mate. All right, SP, I got a really weird thing to kick us a kick off our feedback here. And it's something I don't think I've ever done in the 10 years plus of podcasting. I can't find feedback, Stargate Pioneer. So here's the situation. On the weekend, I was out and about and I saw something come up on my phone. It was a notification and I thought it was an email notification. And you know how you see like a brief quick synopsis, like, you know, like a line and you see the subject and whatever it is. I swear I got an email, somebody asking me something about the Zoom LiveTrack L12. And then when I went to go reply to it later, when I got home, because I was out and about, I couldn't find it. I looked on Discord. I looked on Facebook. I looked in my email. I searched LiveTrack. I searched Zoom. I looked through all of my things and I couldn't find it. So if you asked me about this, please email me again or however you contacted me. Hopefully I'll see it this time, but preferably email would be great because I don't know. I don't see it. I looked through my junk, so I don't know if it was something that I saw right when it came in and then someone pressed that recall button that can happen on Gmail from Gmail to Gmail. I really don't know where this went. I can't find it anywhere. And so I wanted to go ahead and put a shout out right here at the top of this. This if you did email me or contact me, I'm not ignoring you. I want to respond. And if it was a question about the audio interface and how I do that, I use a Behringer UMC 202 HD going from the master out on one side only because it is a balanced signal and both sides don't work. So we can get more into that. And if you have more questions about that, please let me know. I hunted everywhere. I looked. I can't find it. Really weird. I don't think the question was about the audio interface, Stephen. I think it was them wanting a picture of you licking your Zoom live track L12. Fun fact, there's many of those in existence. It's true. <laughs> We're going to move on with the rest of the feedback. Doorbell Productions on Discord left a note and he said, is it possible to get GMAX to work with Audacity? I find myself needing to use Audacity instead of my usual software. I tried to install it and had trouble getting it to work. I downloaded and installed it into the plugin folder in audacity steven we've actually had this happen to us several times you've you've personally walked me through how to solve this and the first thing that i'll say is make sure that you're using the correct bit rate of the gmax plugin to begin with there's two available there's a 32-bit and a 64-bit and on windows it really depends on which version of audacity that you're running whether it's 32 bit or 64 so you have to make sure you're running the correct bit rate of the plugin as you load it up now you can load both of them up and i guarantee you one of them will actually pop up another thing that you have to do is you have to refresh the plugins on i believe startup with most of the audacity so once you've loaded it in there you actually have to click refresh on startup and then close audacity and bring it back up that will bring it back up so those are the two main things i i see there uh did we ever hear if doorbell productions got gmax to work i don't believe we did hear back but it's important that you do know 32-bit versus 62-bit 
for what audacity you're running keeping in mind that you can run 32-bit uh, audacity under 64-bit windows you can and um if you're running 64-bit windows and you end up installing 32-bit audacity you'll have to have the 32-bit gmax that is a very important thing to pay attention to if you're using um another piece of software as well uh, just while we're talking about this, you want to know how it is written because 32-bit software is very different than 64-bit software. Speaking of software, we had Waffles say, Steve and John Drew talking about Vegas so much made me just go ahead and get the Humble Bundle before it went away. I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, it's last year's version. I'll say this uh, here. I definitely forgot to mention it last week. Whenever you download any Magix software, don't let it install Magix Connect. Magix Connect is sort of their, I'll call it a bridge of some form in the sort of Magix suite. Um, you don't need it. And it's lots of, lots of ads, generally speaking. Generally, they're going to advertise their products. So don't install Magix Connect when it does come to time. I've never had any problems other than the startup ad that comes up if you're using an old version and you enable that within the software where it'll tell you if there's an upgrade deal. But some people complain about ads on software. It's usually tied to that Magix Connect. Don't install that. And for 25 bucks, you got a whole bunch of software that you might want to play with. And if you ever do need a version of Vegas for editing purposes, you're ready to go. It's $25. It's, it was a good, good deal. It's over now, though. Jim Video also posted in Discord. He said, The episode zero, a challenge for Roman numeral users, was full of great information. Thanks very much, Jim. That was really appreciated. I know both Stephen and I took a look at that and we were like, wow, that's really cool. So thank you very much for stating that, Jim. Waffles also posted, I swear, Stephen, if I get hit listening to the latest episode again, I'm going to only listen a month behind ouch man that hurts both the fact that he got hit in his car listening to the latest episode of better podcast and this was a while ago we talked about it a couple episodes ago and the fact that he's prepared to listen to better podcasting a month in arrears that's okay uh, as long as he's listening to me i'll go ahead and and accept it we also have mystic mike say hey so happy i discovered your podcast it's been so helpful. Had a 12-hour car ride yesterday and binged through quite a bit of them and have learned so much so far. Thanks for the amazing work you guys do. Also, glad to hear you were okay from your accident. Waffles was such a funny story and a question to hear. Waffles, see, you know, we really did appreciate you sending that in to us. We did. Josh Liston posted... Have you ever found yourself trying to save a few bucks in podcasting and as a result made your process more time consuming or more frustrating or both? Last month, I canceled Adobe Audition, which is approximately 30 Australian dollars a month. As I thought that's one big cost I could get rid of straight away. Since then, using only Audacity for Mac to do post. Note, I love Audacity as a recording tool. It's been taking me longer to edit, longer to process, longer to encode, and some of my favorite, spelled with a U, by the way, favorite plugins don't work. So I'm not sure saving that money each month is worth it. Maybe I should look at selling off all my old and unused gear. That would probably cover the cost of audition for the next 36 months or so. Steven, I know you got a lot to say about this one. Yeah, I think that it's a really interesting message to think about because this is an example where uh, somebody who's an experienced podcaster did try to save some money because let's be honest, the Adobe subscription model can add up very, very quickly. And there was not happy with the decision to cut that out. And we've talked about this before. Whenever you change software, you're going to find it's quite a few steps back. And generally speaking, you'll find that as you get to know that software, you're going to pick up the speed and you're going to recoup that sort of lost time. But sometimes there is situations like this where it does cost you more time. I'll say from a functionality perspective, the difference between Audition and Audacity is night and day. Audacity might as well be a child's play compared to Audition because Audition does do things more 
I'll call it professionally, but it's just sort of more mainstream. Audacity is very stripped back for a few reasons, probably because it's free. But definitely, uh, I could see that. Anytime that I try to uh, edit anything on Audacity, it does take me a lot longer to do because I have been editing for most of the 10 years I've been podcasting in Audition or something similar like Movie Studio that operates very similar. I've pretty much been down that path. So Audacity to me definitely dragged me back. Uh, it's one of those things where at work occasionally I have to go ahead and use Audacity to edit and it takes me forever. So I hear you on this and you got to find that right balance of cost versus time. And if you're comfortable paying that $30 a month in order to make up that time and you've tried alternatives and they're not working for you, then it's okay. You know what? Yes, that adds up a lot, but your sanity might be worth it. And, you know, we're obviously geared towards hobby podcasters. So $30 a month can be a lot. Uh, so your mileage may vary. I'll say that's one of the reasons I got out of the Adobe infrastructure. I found many tools that replaced what it was that I was using in Adobe and from graphics to audio and video editing. I've been pretty happy with my solutions. And honestly, the solutions I have, they, they do lack a little bit compared to my Adobe products that I was using. But I, I'm willing to put up with those issues to save that money. So that was the choice I made. Looks like Josh is making a different choice. Yeah, and also it speaks a lot to the improvements that you can get working with a more advanced DAW by him who knows how to edit. I mean, he's very well accomplished and he is having problems keeping the production schedule up using Audacity for audio editing. He does have some other tools available, but Audacity is his chosen tool that he is using for podcast uh, audio editing with voice. We also had another deal posted by Damien, the DM from, let's say it together again, Stephen. Aurelia Pod. Every time it gets slower. Anyway, he post posted another humble bumble of streaming software. Now, before we were talking about editing, video editing software, and with the Vegas Suites, which Stephen and I use, uh, the Magic's movie studio portion of it, this is streaming software bundle. And I think if you're even looking at any sort of streaming, that this would be a great gateway to get into it. Not only is it cheap, but you're supporting charity in the process. So I would go ahead and do it. And that was today. So if you're listening to this live, go ahead into our Discord and find the link to the Humble Bumble that Damien has posted. Humble bundle, SB bundle. Uh, also, I just want to give sort of a, a bit of information on what's in this. If you are thinking at all about live streaming, um, there are a couple of tools in here that we've talked about before. We were long, long, long time ago. We talked about restream. Um, that's something that we've been actually experimenting again with over the last month or so. But uh, Chris Farrell on the network used it years ago, years ago. Um, and it has also come back because of some changes they made. Well, Restream has different tiers where you get a little bit more if you pay. They have a free version, but they have a paid version. And there is some free months of that included. As well, there is um, in the highest package one year of the XSplit premium license included in the highest tier at the $25 as well. XSplit is the video software that we use for this show. If you're thinking about giving it a try, you're probably not going to find a better deal than this right now. Um, I, I have to say, I don't really have a purpose to get the XSplit premium license because of the fact that I own the lifetime license, but I'm probably going to do the $25 just because, again, there's the charity factor. Um, I'll be honest, whenever I buy a Humble Bundle, I do generally increase the amount that goes to the charities. I, I do that. Um, and the restream, I'm going to do that so I can play with that for a year. But there's just a couple other tools that I've not really seen before that I want to play around with. And there's this weird like little face rig thing where where it makes your webcam look like a cartoon character. And and let's be honest, I have two young kids. I'm going to get twenty five dollars worth of entertainment out of that. Like, you know, might as well. Absolutely. 
Now to finish off the feedback section, I just want to go into a little appreciation to our listeners. A lot of you reached out to me personally after last week's live recording. For those that actually listened in post, you might have not have actually heard or seen a lot of the effects that the cold was taking on me. Last week was a very trying week and it wasn't just me being sick. There was a lot of stuff going on in my life, not all of it great. And apparently it showed in the podcast recording itself and several of you reached out to me. I'm not going to call you out personally because uh, a lot of people did and it was all private. So I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you that reached out. Those that did reach out, I talked a little bit about what was going on last week and you all understood and you all were very thankful that everything was okay in my life. And I just want to say I sincerely appreciate you reaching out to me last week and all you had to go on was a live recording. It really meant a lot to me. So thank you very much. So if you got something you want to say to us, please get in touch with us through any of the ways. You can go ahead and find us at facebook.com slash betterpodcasting. You can go ahead and tweet us at betterpod or email podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We would love to hear from you. So for episode number 184 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying this was episode one. What? I'm confused. This was episode 184. Stay tuned to next week for episode 185. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Better Podcasting. We want to hear from you. You can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. If you like the show, please consider giving us a five-star review in iTunes. We encourage you to check out all of the other geeky podcasts available at gunnageeknetwork.com. This has been a Gunna Geek production. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week. <laughs>